Hello and welcome to Beyond the Page, a Life is Story podcast. I'm Josh Olds, and today I'm talking to Jonathan Martin, writer, poet, speaker, pastor. Uh, you're doing something at DePaul University right now with students that I don't know the exact details of. You can tell me more about that in a second. Uh, but we're here to talk about your new book. Uh, you're the author of The Road Away from God, How Love Finds Us Even As We Walk Away. So Jonathan, welcome to the program. Thank you so much, Josh, for having me. It's really, it's an honor to be here. Uh, I'm sorry for all the technical issues and trying to get connected to begin with, but so happy to be here. Yeah, I am in, uh, I'm in Greencastle, Indiana, uh, where I guess about five, maybe six weeks ago, uh, became the uh, the chaplain uh, here, uh, some interim chaplain at DePaul, working at the Center for Spiritual Life, which is really fun and exciting um that that's kind of been a new twist for me that's been a lot of fun but man i just i so love even the the name of the podcast and the idea of going beyond the page and and just life as story in general for me is just is such a rich one so uh, yeah i'm just just very happy to be uh here and to uh see wherever the the spirit blows in terms of the conversation this is wonderful yeah and i know you're you said you're settling into this job you were a pastor in oklahoma city um before then so how are you liking indiana as opposed to oklahoma uh, now see that feels like a political question i'm gonna get myself in trouble <laughs> no matter how i answer uh you know i actually still am pastoring the table what mm-hmm. i'm doing here is is an interim thing and i'm staying very connected to our community there so like i did a i spoke to the folks in oklahoma city via zoom last night i'll do all of our table one nights for the rest of the year so kind of really got a foot in both worlds um so it's it's so here's what i will say is that my community in Oklahoma is amazing. Like I love our people. I will say one of the things I've always struggled with about Oklahoma, because I'm from North Carolina all my life until 2015, is that that pocket of Oklahoma is a little flat and a little brown, whereas here it's very it's very green and there are lots of trees and it feels a lot more like where I grew up. So, and my best uh, my best friends Joel and Tosh Everson, who are very connected with table stuff as well. Uh, live here so like I would say that the the geography speaks the language of my soul a little bit more but I have amazing community in both places so. yeah that's right I I grew up in Indiana southern Indiana and oh great in Tulsa and Tulsa uh from 2013 to 2020 and now I'm living in England so uh my journey's kind of almost opposite of, of yours so I think we, we probably overlapped in Tulsa yeah. What, what church were you at in Tulsa? Uh, Tulsa Chinese Christian Church. Oh, fantastic. Okay, Tulsa, that's wonderful. Uh, ethnic congregation. I uh, was there for uh, almost eight years. Okay. Uh, almost eight years. And uh, then it was time for the next chapter of life. And uh, that took us all the way, all the way here to uh, about 45 minutes outside Cambridge is where I live at now. Wow. That's amazing. So um, let's get back to the book. Uh, the Road Away from God give i guess just begin give the reader some idea of what is this book about who were you writing it to well in some ways it might be the most straightforward answer i've ever had in terms of um in my third book not i've written a ton but um who the book is to because in so many ways this book feels like a love letter to my friends i feel like almost everybody uh with few exceptions uh that i care about has had some sort of really significant uh, shift in their religious and their spiritual experience in the last few years. And for most people, that feels violent and scary and alienating, um, especially since 
I mean, I think the 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 short in terms of context has been for a lot of folks, they've had some kind of a shift in terms of their faith community. And our community so often are connected to our identity. Our communities tell us who we are. We know who we are um, because of how we exist in relation to them. So I think when when we shift in terms of our identity within a community, it makes sense that then all of a sudden it can feel like, well, has everything shifted? Um, has my relationship with God shifted? Those things often become collapsed. How we relate to human communities how, or, or authority is how we relate to God. So so really, um, I, I hoped it would be a book that would bring some comfort and perspective for people who are very much in the in the thick of that. And again, my sense is a lot of people are are in the thick of it in some way or another. Yeah, I really feel like it's something that we were heading to, um, particularly with uh, polarized political polarization yeah. in the church. There are a lot of people who were like, you know, I'm not getting into politics. Uh, and then suddenly their church was heavily involved in especially conservative politics. They're looking at the evangelical church and saying, I still believe this theologically. I don't know that I can go where this is going politically yes. and it becoming the political identity of evangelicalism becoming so much more of a prominent feature uh not that it wasn't there prior mm -hmm. to you know the 2016 uh presidential campaign and election uh, but that sort of made it to a point where you could not ignore it mm -hmm. any longer uh and then you get to the beginning of the COVID 19 pandemic everything shuts down yeah. And a lot, and I'm, and I'm talking about this is this is my experience to an extent. This is a lot of my friends' experience uh, that they sort of existed uh, uncomfortably within yeah. their church homes. Yeah. From that time period of 2015 or 2016 to mm -hmm. the beginning of 2020, and then everything shut down, and they just never went back. Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. then when they left, it was it was this idea of like well, this is the community that I've known. This yeah. is, this is just what I, this is what I do on Sundays or on Wednesdays or whatever, you know, whenever you go to church, this is, this is a pattern of my life. And then when that community was taken away or altered in some sort, mm -hmm. a lot of people began to, to reevaluate what sort of community they actually wanted to be a part of. And right. that led to a lot of people breaking with that community and walking away uh, but then not really knowing then where they were going. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, do you feel like that's been an, an, an accurate experience for you and for people that you've known? Well, uh, actually, uh, the thing I was thinking, Josh, is that I feel like it's a, it is a thousand percent like in every <laughs> I, I wouldn't uh, disagree or necessarily change a, a word of that. I thought that's exactly how it's been, is that even where. Okay, maybe certain kinds of faith communities, more evangelical-ish, had an arc or a trajectory that might have been more loosely connected to conservative politics. I think it was actually true, more or less, that within a lot of those communities, that there was a certain amount of room. Uh, because I think sometimes um, this is this is a, a quirk that I have. Maybe is that like sometimes people kind of trace this history of like, oh, well, you have the rise of the religious right and it's pat robertson and jerry falwell senior and then you have what we have today i don't think that's the case at all i think for me what i saw is you have the religious right and then kind of in reaction to that a mega church movement that kind of says "Ooh, we don't want to do this um we want to keep things as neutral as possible we're not going to have crosses or flags in the sanctuary 
Uh, we want to make this, you know, we, we want to get as many decision cards for Jesus as we possibly can. So uh, things were almost like aggressively neutral. And it seemed that within that, that, that kind of created a vacuum that then when people came along uh, that were ideologues, uh, there, <laughs> there was kind of a lot of room for, for them to take over. And so then some things that might have, yeah, maybe it was in there. Uh, but might have been more implicit. It seemed like around 2015 or 2016 became much more explicit. And whereas before there was a sense of like, yeah, we might not necessarily understand what you're doing, but we're happy to have you suddenly turned into there's no room for you here. And 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 part of what I've seen that I feel like gets misinterpreted a lot of times is people sometimes I feel like people talk as if like folks, I don't know, just like casually exit the church. And I, I never see that happen. What I see happen consistently is, people actually try to stay and find all these reasons and ways to stay until they feel like they absolutely cannot, that there's no alternative, that they're being told pretty directly um, the things that you care about don't matter to us here or where you, the direction you're going is not appropriate. And they feel, and, and then feel pushed out. That's what I feel like I continue to see happen. What do you feel like, because obviously we have this long history. Uh, what do you think has been the impetus for the change? Um, you know, what made, what made certain churches and certain church denominations and, and faith strains uh, sort of make that slide toward maybe being more overt about the types of people that they didn't want to include? Uh, or in the, I guess the opposite of that is what made people begin to, they, up until that point, had just sort of been existing mm -hmm. uh, within that without necessarily agreeing to really begin to say, I, I I can't do this anymore. I have to, I have to step away. This is such a great question. I'm loving this conversation so much already because I feel I can't even think of when someone's asked me a version of that. So my sense of it is, and I'm not saying this like I feel like I know authorita authoritatively, but boy, this is really my read, is that so I think the thing that people that certain kinds of figures in America in political power and then uh, a lot of church leaders actually held in common was not so much um, a shared ideology, but more um, a shared pragmatism, that it's kind of like whatever it takes to win, uh, whatever rises to the top. So I think like a certain kind of politics started working and the folks who engineered those kind of politics were saying to people of faith, hey, we've got room for you here. Like, no, we'd love to have you pray at our prayer breakfast. We'd love to have your church participate in our whatever. And so suddenly they have more proximity than they had before. They're at the place of power. And so I think a lot of it wasn't even so much like directly ideological is more like, oh, hey, well, now we have this opportunity. Now we have someone who, at least in terms of lip service, um, says that that we matter and that we can have more of a kind of a formal uh, seat at these at these tables of power. And I feel like that's the thing that became kind of intoxicating is that, well, if going more this direction gives us more access, gives us more influence in this way, then maybe that's then maybe that's what God is doing. And to give a, the best possible read of people's motives, actually, I think when you have a theology that basically says um, <laughs> what God always wants is more influence is for us to have more access to more people. Well, if these folks are able to help you do that, hit some like main arteries and culture in some way, then, then it becomes like, well, why not? That obviously that's the will of God. That that's my sense of it anyway. I think you end up with this idea of like, well, the, the church in power. So they're going to, yes. 
yes. more power and more power. And I, I know, at least for me, and I'm, and I'm speaking more when I speak of myself, I speak of sort of the general church, not my specific church. Mm. And since we have already name dropped them on this podcast, I love my time there. They were a great congregation. Yeah. yeah. Um, but in in general, um, you know, I, I went to Liberty University. I have two mm. degrees from them. Uh, I was about at the point where I was ready to mail them back. Uh, mm. because of the actions of the university and uh, Jerry Jr. And you know, this idea of, of like, I cannot maintain integrity in my faith and have a connection uh, to certain elements of, of faith. Uh, so, the, you know, for me, a, a lot of what began my personal journey, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't call it a, a you know, road away from God, but sure. a, a road away from the church traditions that I was raised in, had grown up with, had been, you know, schooled in, that had ordained me. Uh, my movement away from that became uh, not, and I didn't feel like it was because I necessarily moved positions. Sure. Uh, but because all of the unspoken things, the things yeah. that were believed but not early talked about yeah. um, regarding uh, whether it's, you know, any, any, really any marginalized people mm -hmm. group, uh, mm -hmm. anything regarding racism, anything regarding sexual minorities, uh, anything regarding uh, immigrants or refugees. And and then I'm looking at it, I'm like, I, I cannot maintain my integrity of my faith yeah. and continue to be anywhere in position that has any sort of alignment with this. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you begin, you walk away and you don't know what you don't know what you're walking toward. Yeah. And um, what I have found personally is, is that, that Christianity, and this is what I've been telling people, because there are a lot of people on this journey, that Christianity is much wider than American evangelicalism. Yes. yes. And the understanding that you can walk away from conservative American evangelicalism and retain faith. The mm -hmm. fact that you can deconstruct uh, elements. I talked with, uh, I did a podcast episode with Brian Zahn about oh, this. The fact that you can deconstruct, that deconstruct doesn't mean destroy. You can, right. you know, there's elements that you then reconstruct yeah. and you put together. Uh, it actually, it actually ends up growing your faith. Yeah, so you yes. have these people and they're on this, uh, they're on this road away from God. Um, what are you hoping that they will find on this road, do you feel like that you want to push them into a certain direction or is it really just kind of sit in the tension and wander mm. and let yourself go wherever you feel like you end up going? Such a great intuitive question, especially kind of all that's built into it, because I love actually that you highlighted the tension already, which is a which is a real one. Um, and, and, I, and I do say this very openly about the title, which, by the way, I might be my um of the three books I've written, it's probably the title I felt most strongly about, but it's also, it's almost intentionally a little cheeky because especially given the things I believe about God, I don't, you can change your mind about what you believe, but I don't precisely believe in a road away from God at all. I mean, very much David's like, even if I make my bed in hell, you're there with me. So, um, and I think it's such an interesting question where it, what's the difference between just leaving a community or an expression of it or a tradition but finding this broader, which has very much been been my experience, but I know it's not everybody's experience. So um, in terms of whether what I'm or if I'm trying to push anybody in anything, that has been something I felt like that was the 
because this book it's not incredibly long but it took me forever to write and i feel like that was one of the reasons is i and you know not that i was so much like politically trying to think of the right thing to say but i legitimately felt like it was important to thread this needle of on the one hand my own experience has been and continues to be and that's just honest i feel like in my most rock bottom moments god was has felt present to me in ways that were really surprising and so my own faith in some ways an experience of god jesus even um feels like it's deeper than it's ever been and because you know there are a lot of um treasure there for me and treasures connected to the tradition of course i would love for people um to find life there where they can but the other thing is this, and this is something like actually that I feel like even in the last few days and weeks just becomes more clear. It's just something I think about a lot. I have the sense that I just don't know if people can choose God at all. And I know that language gets tricky. God chooses us, et cetera. But like in terms of like really choosing their faith, choosing, uh, choosing a path until they actually feel like they have a choice. So, for example, you know, if in any sort of a dating relationship, if somebody that we care about, um, if they connect with somebody and they come back and they're telling us, hey, this person is telling me that they love me, they love me, they love me, or else, if you don't love me back, I'm going to do like, everybody can have the same read on that. They're like, oh, well, this is, this is a psychopath. Like, this behavior, this is deeply unhealthy. Run. <laughs> and, 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 and like, if, if someone has a gun to your head in a relationship... And there's no way you can authentically choose them. I feel that way about um, about how faith works and especially where people are in this moment is I actually feel like it's not until you have a sense of permission that you can walk where you need to walk. You can follow the journey wherever it takes you that finding that kind of reconnection um, with God, Jesus is, is necessarily is, is even possible. The amount of conversations I've had with people where they've expressed some degree of anxiety of if I follow the deepest questions of my soul all the way through, I'm afraid that maybe I won't still believe. What if I go back to church and I don't feel anything? What if I tried to read scripture again? And what I find is that there's nothing there and that like they're afraid of their own conclusions. And I feel like so long as you're living with that, I don't know that life on the other side in any form uh, per se is is really possible. So that's so so that's kind of the tension for me. Is like as a person who de- believes so deeply in God, is in the God of Israel who raised uh, you know Israel up out of Egypt and Jesus from the dead and like all that. Well, I love for people to connect to this story, but I also feel like it's really important that you have a sense of freedom. Um, that you get to follow the the questions wherever they take you. So in that way, I feel like there's re- there's a real both and that's happening in the book. Mm-hmm. I hope. Talk to me a little bit about your own spiritual journey uh, from like when you got started in ministry until now, and how that sort of plays a role in this story that you're telling in the book. <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> that's a great question because boy, it's it's. I mean, I feel like it's not even. Um, uh, I don't feel like it's buried. I feel like it's kind of right at the surface in a lot of ways, you know, that, uh, and I always, uh, in the same way you'd like, you kind of gave a disclaimer about your, your church for Hey, I love my church. Great church. So I love the tradition that I come from. I love the people I come from. I, to this day, value the stories, experiences, the heritage, all of it, but growing up in kind of a more of a holiness Pentecostal expression, uh, it does come with a certain kind of baggage too. And then for me, my faith from the earliest stages 
there was so much fear and not just fear, like terror. I mean, like terror, terror. I mean, ob obsessive compulsive behaviors. And, you know, it's like I'm mid to late twenties and changed my mind about a lot of things theologically. And I'm still having rapture dreams where I wake up, you know, screaming, thinking I've been left behind. I mean, like all this stuff is like very kind of in my DNA. So um, I think very much where it maps on for me was um, I never could have imagined because uh, roughly, uh, you know, uh, in terms of hitting an iceberg in my life, um, divorce and all that, which was inconceivable where I came from, would have been all, all this stuff in terms of things really happened around 2014. And I mean, I know at the time I thought it felt like death. I feel like my life is over. I'm over. Um, there is no connection to God. There no ministry, like whatever. And it was almost surprising to me how... I mean, the very next Sunday after I left the church uh, that I was part of prior and very much in a place of trying to heal and figure things out that I'm, you know, down at the altar in Episcopal Church weeping as I received the Eucharist and finding God to be so alive and present in that way. Um, I went through so much, so, so much death in order to kind of get to a sense of resurrection. And it was, and so it was almost like, oh, because <laughs> if before I had a low grade anxiety, am I really, because I, you know, I kind of stumbled into youth ministry when I was maybe 21. Really, uh, have I been a professional Christian for so long that would I even choose this? Is this even what I would want? And it was almost the surprise of, oh yeah, 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 no, no, no. I, I definitely love Jesus. I need Jesus. I feel like, again, God has been present for me. So I feel like that's that's part of been what's anchored me through some of this shift here is I really get where for people, this feels very apocalyptic and it feels like death. I think in some ways it just felt like on a personal level, I'd been through so much of that already. I mean, there's things that have happened that have disappointed me, disillusioned me to be sure, but it almost felt like, you know, nothing that's going to happen culture in that way that was larger in here than the stuff I'd already been through personally. But, but that was the thing is it felt like on coming to the other, not to over answer the question, if like coming to the other side of those things, I feel like, Oh, now I feel like I can choose God wholeheartedly. And this feels genuine and rich and real. That has been my experience. So mm -hmm. I know that very much informs then the way I'm going to approach a, a journey like this. Yeah. I, I think, and, and you kind of make that difference between, if we're leaving a system of Christianity uh, or if we're leaving whether it's a denomination or a church or really, I mean, even when I say system, that doesn't have to mean a church or a denomination. It's just sort of a, you know, a, a construct of the way that faith is observed and practiced and worked out. Uh, that's much different than a personal experience with Jesus. Yes. And I see people that are leaving the first and are trying to figure out then where that leaves them with the second, right. um, you know, if they've left the church, then where is the relationship with Jesus? Cause there are a lot of, there are, there are other churches who sort of, uh, well, churches that's kind of gatekeep Jesus. Uh, right. They're just sort of, you know, this is the way in which it happens. I and mean, we saw this when, you know, we had COVID lockdowns, it was like, okay, churches need to open as soon as possible to get back to business as usual as soon as possible, because this is the way they were going to worship. And it's not going to be on Zoom. It's not going to be, um, you know, it's going to be the way that we've always done it. And it's going to be this way in this church and through this message and this programming. And when you leave that, yeah, and you're left with, if you've been taught, if you've grown up in the church, this is the right. way that God has experienced 
Uh, it's not just that because we're told, you know, you have your own personal faith, mm-hmm. uh, but there is a sense of this is the way in which God is experienced. Uh, yes. When you leave that, then you're left wondering, well, then what am I, what am I left with? Mm-hmm. And so what I'm kind of hearing you say is that, you know, even if you step away from all that, you still have that, that relationship, that experience with Jesus that is still there with you, uh, even as you, even as you walk away. Yes. Yes. I, that, that's so it for me, Josh, is I feel like, I feel like those things can be disentangled. I think what's so tricky, of course, is that, um, so often when if we start on a journey like that we don't know that and this is where it's funny i had <laughs> the conversation with nothing like this but there were maybe two conversations i had about the book because you know it came out in june i've been doing all these different things and moving and a little bit of a lull and then suddenly it's like a kind of a flurry of conversations and i had a, a couple that were a little bit funny to me because they clearly weren't people and no judgment on that but who had read the book but would have uh, you know I, i'm sure probably wouldn't have still had the conversation if they had but it's like Almost trying to back me in the corner to say, well, like, almost like, don't you want to correct people who are having this experience to say, like, well, that this is why you need to get your eyes off man <laughs> and onto Jesus. And more like, don't you like tell them like, well, they've just, you know, they put people on pedestals and they shouldn't do that. Almost like, you know, like, well, clearly their faith wasn't deep enough or something. What I find to be so deeply confusing and disorienting for folks is that the reason their relationship with God and their church community this way gets collapsed is precisely because in so many cases, we're the ones who've done that. We've told them <laughs> that we are the, that we are the path. We've done every, in every way we've communicated, you know, maybe if it's not that verbiage exactly, but that, uh, you know, we, we are gatekeepers. It's very much like, you know, to be connected to us is to be connected to God. And if you were to, shift if we were to leave our community how many times have people been shamed and made to feel like they're not really following jesus if they leave the local community so that's where i just i have such deep empathy for where a lot of people are in that conversation is i think and and i and it's never like an easy uh like an easy hit or something to be like oh yeah well you know it's just it's just jesus not the church or like whatever no i get it i get that like when over the course of your relationship with god as you've experienced it that those things have always been synonymous, then, you know, people don't generally have the resources the next day to be like, oh, well, yeah, I just need to separate. Now that's people. This is God. It's not the same. And then you're fine. Like, I get that it's way more complex than that for, for people. Mm-hmm. Um, the the flip side of that is that, and I don't, community is still so important. Yes. So people have, you know, they've left this community. It gives them all this foundation of like social support and belonging and identity. So when you leave that, uh, you know, you may be, you might be taking Jesus with you. Yeah. Um, and there, but there's still, there's, there's, there's still gotta be more. Like you can experience Jesus personally, um, but you also need to experience Jesus in other people. Uh, I mean, this is the, probably the biggest thing, the people who I have seen leave the church or leave leave their church, uh, and kind of go on this path. They haven't really found another place to go Mm -hmm. that has that sense of community. I'm actually, I'm, I'm speaking Mm -hmm. for myself as well. When I stepped down from, from my church, um, and it was it was unrelated to COVID or anything. It was just like, okay, this is time to make a switch. Mm. Um, you know, I 
we we moved around for a little bit. COVID kind of changed some things. Uh, we ended up over here in England. You know, we still don't have a church home and it's been mm. almost two years. And that's not for lack of trying. Uh, that's been going around to various congregations and various communities and just been like, well, this place is okay. Uh, there's nothing that, that it's immediately a red flag right. about this particular congregation. But it just seemed like there was something like, like these people are not overtly on the same journey that we're on. Mm-hmm. And um, I know there are a lot of people that are out there like that. So what would you say to people who say, you know, you need to have this community. This community is so important. Yeah. Where do they go to find it? <sighs> That's the question, right? And I tell you, Josh, I let, um, part of the reason I love the question so much and even, you know, is, you know, put, putting some story behind it there. Um, part of what makes it so interesting, and this is where, because I don't, I don't get quite as overt as I'm getting here, but this is where I do feel like even in the book, there's a bit of a but towards the end, because I'm wanting to say, and I, because I really believe it, that wherever we find, I mean, truly two or three gathered, I think they can be gathered around despair. We share the deepest pain in our soul. And that's a lot of the framing for me of the Emmaus story is that like two people now are sharing their deepest pain and there's something holy about that. God walks alongside them. I don't think that's incidental. So, um, but the, the, yet the thing um, that is, uh, I do feel like is kind of the other side of the continuum at least is that, and it's why I kind of, I, maybe I think it's towards the very end. I kind of start pushing on this question a bit of, you know, share, sharing your pain is really important, but communities, any community, has to also be built on shared joy. There has to be a shared sense of new life. There has to be, okay, so what are we doing now? What are we building now? And I do feel like that is, um, unfortunately, the 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 downside in some cases of kind of, uh, I'm just going to burn it down kind of thing. is like, you can do that. Not saying it's awful, but I feel like in terms of what it leaves you with, and this is the, this is the thing I really... Uh, and all of this is said from such a tender and like gentle place. But I, what I hope that we're able to see is that I find that oftentimes people, they might leave their church, they might leave the faith system or something, but until they do connect with some other kind of community and life does start to move in a different direction, you actually end up just kind of replicating all the same dysfunction. Like you come from a place or from a people where it's been embedded that there are insiders and outsiders uh, good guys and bad guys. Uh, we're in, we know that we have an us because they're a them. And then you just end up kind of doing the same thing. And and it really doesn't bring you somewhere different. And so now I feel like one of the things I'm seeing is almost like a second wave of people that got really disillusioned with one kind of spirituality going through disillusionment again, because it's like, well, we did find some people who also were really pissed off and we think pissed off for really good reasons. But man, it doesn't feel like we're necessarily getting out of the driveway, you know? So I, and I know that's going so long way around, but I think that's so much of what needs to happen right now is experimentation in terms of, okay, now that we, if, if we do have people we can share pain, share a story with, what does it look like to build something new? How could we at least start to experiment with some sort of intentional gathering, being together in some kind of way, because just kind of while sitting at the pain, in the pain can't be skipped, it also really isn't the basis for a whole new life. And you end up just kind of becoming the thing that you reacted against. So I feel like that's what so many of us are in the midst of kind of sorting right now is, you know, coming out of one thing, 
but when you haven't fully stepped into the new thing yet either, then this is, these are very uncomfortable places to be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm thinking, I'm thinking too, especially if you are in any, if you're coming from a face that I'm thinking of myself, um, where you were a leader, you know, yeah. or, you know, and quote unquote expert, and now you're moving into something new. Yes. Uh, I think, and I think there's a tendency we've seen this in some areas uh, where people try to retain their expertship right. or their place of authority or leadership yeah. when they move to a position and when they're like, you know, you need to actually, and we, we, we've seen this a lot. I'm thinking of, um, you know, like racial issues in the wake of the murder mm-hmm. of George Floyd. Mm-hmm. There were a bunch of people for whom that was a breaking point. Uh, but we had a lot of people who immediately, uh, a lot of white voices that immediately wanted to be the loudest and they were the most informed. And one, you know, and yes. like you, know, you need to step back and you step back and let the people who have been doing the work do the work and mm-hmm. sit at the feet of these people and learn. And, you know, and I think that that's and that goes back to the issue of empowerment. If you're part of a, a church uh, paradigm that is mm-hmm. used to empowerment, used to being in power, then right. even when you recognize that and begin to move away from that, um, you can you can actually end up, you know, just replicating that like you said uh, yeah. from a different from a different perspective yes. and uh, it really takes this humble spirit uh mm-hmm. to say that the when i make a change like this when i walk away i'm i'm also laying down all of the accolades and all of the power yes. and all yes. of the authority and you know maybe that's not something that i need to pick back up yeah. uh in order to yeah. find jesus and in order to find community man that's that is so that's so true. I mean, that's so good. I feel like, and I feel like that's that everything but the diagnostic is exactly right. And you know where I'm so sympathetic because I think, of course, we end up leading the way that we've been led. Is that I feel like so few of us, in a lot of ways, have had elders who really help us even have a you know um, I don't know like a paradigm for what it might mean to be an elder, which is more where I feel like okay especially for people who have been leaders. And I can't, I couldn't agree more strongly that in terms of the period of sitting out sitting down, listening, all the kind of things. But I think in terms of if there is a gifting for leadership or something that feels like a pull in that direction, to me, that's the trajectory of, you know, where they're, you know, I don't know. I think there's at least the potential for transformation and something more hopeful is shifting from this idea of we're still going to be the people who tell people what to do. We're just telling them different things to do to, cause you know, the whole thing, and this is why I think being an elder requires such humility. It's all about making space for other people's journey. It's all about giving permission. You're not, you're not, you're, it's not like I've, I've figured out the path and now I'm telling you what it is. No, it's like, you're, you're making space for other people to find their path and you're giving them a sense of blessing like that. Hey, I've got your back and I believe in you as you are are sorting this complicated soul stuff increasingly for me that's more like what an elder is but it's unsexy work and to use even some of the kind of the richard Rohr and others kind of language i think that's definitely second half rather than first half of the journey uh kind of content where a lot of us just haven't got good training so yeah so there again and like you said in terms of how we replicate stuff we just end up doing it the way that we've done it before but we're saying different things but it's like the content um, the essential, like almost the the structure of this discipleship is the same thing, probably realistically kind of would produce the same kind of people, even if they they talk a little bit differently about stuff. All right, well, I want to start wrapping things up. Um, there's someone who is listening 
to this podcast. I don't know who they are, uh, but they are stuck right now between wanting to leave a toxic version of their faith and and staying in that because it's all they've ever known. What would you say to them? Hmm. Well, um, I love the question. And really for anybody who's in that space, I just, you know, I immediately step into the heartbreak of um, what a scary place that is. I think the thing I would most want to say is, and I understand where, um, not to lead with a disclaimer, but I understand why or or where people have resistance to this. Um, a lot of us have been places where we've been told not to trust ourselves. And we're often told, in particular, uh, we can't trust ourselves. We need to listen, trust the leader, we need to trust uh, the person who's up front. But I really believe the way that we move, that we change, that, that we grow, the only way that can happen is we have to learn how to listen to the still small voice that's in here. And I don't think that's, and no, no shade to new agers, I don't think that's out there like new agey talk. I mean, this is Jesus is the one who tells us the kingdom of God is within you. All throughout scripture, the prophets are the one who model for us the way of like real-time connection with God and with this voice and spirit. And coming to terms, being able to choose your life and know that you're fully choosing it. And I mean, it's, it's the only path towards integration. It's the only path towards wholeness. So I would just really want to encourage you that um, if you're in that place where you feel like you need to leave or shift, but it feels like, uh, you know, can could my soul even handle it? Would I be even be able to survive this? Like, you have to follow that still small voice in here. Um, there's what integrity I think looks like for any of us really is not becoming perfect people, not becoming like morally superior people, but integration. We get all of us moving in the same direction. And I would just love it if you could feel a sense of permission, because I truly think that's what God gives to get all of you moving in the same direction. Uh, that that can be scary, uh, probably will be scary, uh, especially because it so often involves some degree of um the, the community that we've known around us might not see us the same way, their social rejection, all that stuff is very, very real. But I think even if there's a lot of pain involved, the freedom that comes on the other side of knowing that you're being true to what is in you, and that I would even go so far as to say, I believe that God has put in you is is everything. There, there's wholeness on the other side of that. There's a new community on the other side of that. Uh, you know, I, I I would I would want to even say that is kind of a bit of a testimony right now is a lot of these things, ideas, I feel like I've been talking about them in different ways over the years. But as it is, you know, for a lot of us, you're still kind of like, oh, well, that feels right. Hope, hope that turns out to be true. <laughs> I, I had this moment, actually, I, I just I started weeping the other day when somebody asked me a question about kind of the, like book stuff connected to my own journey, because I it really clicked how my experiences of community right now are the richest and the deepest and the truest, the most honest that they've ever been. And how now I feel like in a way I couldn't have before, I would say there is no way I would trade the kind of soulful connection that I have with humans in my life now for any version of community that I had before. And not to say people are better, but this experience, it's like, it, it's richer, it's its deeper, it's more hopeful. It, you know, there really is resurrection on, on the other side. But in the moment, sometimes I think it means like you kind of burrow down, you have to trust what's in your gut, uh, trust the deepest questions and longing of your own soul and let that take you where it takes you. For those, for those who have deconstructed from the faith, the point, 
where they've walked away completely. They're no longer sure that they even believe in God. They're distrustful of the church. Um, so they're a little bit farther along on that journey. What would you, what would you say to them? I Josh, I had a thought. I meant to write it down and I didn't do it. I like like a word to to because I had a thought a few minutes ago that was connected to other other questions that I almost completely lost. And when you said that, I was like, oh, I think this is I think this is where that goes. I've never said this in my life, so I don't know if it's helpful. <laughs> but here's what I'm coming to see. And I um I feel like so many of the models that we've had before um for what church is, even when they've been toxic they're they're entertaining and um it's it's kind of like the you can't look away from uh the car crash it's kind of like uh well yeah the kardashians might be a mess but it sure is interesting to watch i actually feel like there really are communities out there that if you start to put your weight down on them if you try them you can find people who are loving and generous and kind and embody a spirituality within the tradition um that's that may be the things that your soul is really longing for. But honestly, I feel like a lot of it is not very interesting that like it, like, <laughs> like in terms of uh, if you're looking for something sexy, I feel like oftentimes it's like, it's not the language. Is it as dramatic and the stories aren't always as dramatic and the ways that people show up for each other. And, you know, in a process of transformation, it just doesn't have nearly the glamor attached to it. And so I almost would like to, to want to gently encourage people who've gone through that kind of deconstruction. What have you experimented with a really unsexy community, <laughs> but where you can tell though, that you're genuinely loved and, and it's, and it's safe and people are caring, but they're just doing really good, like local work. And they're not necessarily talking about it in like heightened ways. They're just, but they're, they're consistently doing a thing. I actually feel like a lot, there are all these communities that do have life in them that it's it's hard for us to make that shift because the packaging honestly is just is not that great on the outside. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think that's when we have this idea of what church looks like. Yes. And it turns out that that maybe it's something completely different or can be something completely different, something that's more authentic than than an experience, something that's actually, you know, ingrained into the lives of the community you know so many of us you know the church is is one hour a week you know right. maybe two or three or even you know four or five hours a week if we if we really engage um and and i i think that there's there's a different type of community out there that's that's yeah. really and it, it may not be a church it might be a sure. small group of of people uh but you know keeps searching and seeking for that shared community and be open to what God is saying. You know, I think it, it's, it's an, you know, it's an old apologetics thing, but when people say they don't believe in God, you ask them, mm -hmm. you know, what God, you know, what, what, who do you think God is? And then you say, well, I don't believe in that God either. Yeah. And it, you know, it, it can be kind of said as a gotcha right, uh, in right. a sense, but it can also be said very authentically and humbly uh, to say that, you know, I understand that the God you don't believe in, um has been has felt abusive has yes. felt unkind yes. has felt dangerous yes. and um i want you to imagine a god who is different mm -hmm. and maybe if we can do that we can you know that road away from god people can can find uh you know by the time you get to the end of the book you're talking about how people do 
you you do come out on the other side uh, to something and you can see how love is pursuing you uh, through all of that. Uh, yeah. So this, I'll make this the last question for you. And mm. this is, this is the sort of the, you know, the question that I throw out there at the end of, of an interview is they, you know, you, you've got this done where obviously you're at a new stage of life, you know, and a lot of different things, um, you know, where, where do you go from here? Do you anticipate that you'll be writing more books or what is your hope, I guess, for ministry as you follow the path that, that, that you're walking with Jesus on in your life? I, I know that, um, so long as I'm able, there'll be more books. I feel like I've got 40 more in me and like so much creativity, but I think what form that's going to take next, um, I really don't know because part, and I think part of the reason for my sense of it at least is, um, and I didn't, I didn't design this this way. I don't think it's smart. I feel like this is the ways that just like the Holy spirit and life happens to us. I've written three books. Prototype was very much kind of innocence, recapture the wonder shipwreck was all kind of death, descent, ashes, grief. This book is a resurrection book. And so part of what I feel like is that it's been a, not that I've arrived somewhere, but it feels like a completion of a journey where now anything can happen. And it feels much more like, what do I really want to say? Where do I go next? Like, do I, does it, do I want to write fiction? I know this much because I think there'll always be, um, the, the faith stuff is so important for me and the stuff I always want to talk about. What I get excited about right now and interested in doing is that, uh, which is funny, um, is kind of the opposite of what I've been doing for the last while, because I feel like, you know, when you're talking about these kind of journeys, I think you have to acknowledge the complexity and the heaviness and there are a lot of disclaimers and trigger warnings and all the stuff. And I think that's like right and appropriate, but now I feel like it's, I'd love to start having some conversations more in the near future that just start ground up in terms of like, okay, so what is prayer? And and not having to spend three hours talking about what prayer is not and, and not giving disclaimers. No, what what might prayer look like now? It's very exciting to me to think about what it could look like to talk about spiritual life that simply starts from the start without doing the, again, necessary work a lot of us are in, and I think it's been necessary for me, of doing all this disentangling. So I'm kind of, what, what, what would the language sound like then? You know, what kind of form does that take? That's definitely something that's that's bubbling right now that I feel like is probably going somewhere. So we'll see. Yeah, well, I thank you for your ministry, you know, up to date and where, wherever you go in the future, I'm convinced that you're going to go where God is telling you to go mm. and the opportunities that are open to you will be exactly what needs to be open to you. So again, the book is The Road Away from God. It's published by Baker Books. It's out right now. Uh, there are so many people that I have personally recommended this book to mm. uh, because it is just your 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 tone, your compassion, your love. There, Every person that I've talked to who's, who has gone through this journey, they felt alone. And mm. above all, this is a book that's going to make them feel like they're not alone. Mm. And not alone in the sense that God is still with them through the journey, but also not alone in the sense that there are other people who are going through the same things, who are writing about it, who are talking about it. And that alone, that that knowing that you're not alone, yeah. provides you the hope to keep on walking and to mm. keep on exploring and to keep on searching. Mm. Well, Josh, I can't thank you enough for saying that or for this beautiful conversation that's been so 
just so good for my soul. Cause I'm telling you, if there's anything like I crave, it's just for people to not, to not feel alone in it yet. And not just like you say, not in the abstract that, you know, God is with you, but there are other people and maybe they're not from your community or in your community talking about it out loud, but I promise they're out there. And cause I do think the absolute, the only thing that's worse than feeling all this disorientation and alienation and all that is to feel like that you're, they're doing that alone. So the fact that, that for you, it's felt like a companion in that way. And for people that you care about means so much to me. Thank you. That's, that's really humbling.